0: This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1600, an excerpt from the book, Reframe the Day, Embracing the Craft of Life One Day at a Time by Adam M. Lowenstein. And I'm your narrator, Justin Mollock, reading you blogs or articles every single day of the year, but sometimes book excerpts like today, all in an effort to help you live a more meaningful life covering personal growth, self-help, happiness, minimalism, productivity, and more. Now, as I mentioned, I have a book excerpt for you today. I'll tell you more about Adam right after the reading. So for now, let's get right to it as we optimize your life. An excerpt from the book, Reframe the Day, Embracing the Craft of Life, One Day at a Time, by Adam M. Lowenstein. For many of us, amidst the chaos and craziness of our days, there's something missing, something we need but rarely make time for. It's something that modern life has stolen from us in tiny, subtle increments to the point where it's almost entirely non-existent in our lives. We haven't really noticed that it's gone. We've simply grown used to living without it. What is it? There is no stillness, no space, no time to pause, no opportunity to think, no moment when we're not planning, counting down, or counting up to something, no moment when we're not worrying about what comes next and what comes after that, And will I ever have time to do all of it? As we rush frantically from one thing to the next, what's the easiest and thus the first item on the calendar that we sacrifice? Blank space, empty space, uncommitted space, time when we could go for a walk, think, journal, talk to a friend, be bored and possibly inspired, or open up a blank document and start typing whatever comes to mind. Time we need to process what's going on in our lives. Stillness is about providing the space and security for our brains to operate at their best. It's about calming those background anxieties and enabling what we care most about to find a home in our consciousness. Shouldn't I check this? Shouldn't I be doing that? Should I go to that event? How long will this take? What will they think if I don't do that? Stillness is about turning off these mental false alarms long enough to focus our attention on what's in front of us, whether that's a person we care about or a project we're working on. The lives we lead rarely accommodate these moments. Even when an opportunity for such a moment presents itself, it's quickly sacrificed when new obligations crop up. In her book, Radical Acceptance, the clinical psychologist and meditation teacher, Tara Branch, observes, quote, often the moment when we most need to pause is exactly when it feels most intolerable to do so, End quote. When we most need a moment of stillness is when it feels most impractical to make time for one. When we most need to focus on what matters is when we're overwhelmed by things that don't. When we most need to track down the pause button and reboot our perspectives and priorities is when we don't even realize we've gone off course. Perhaps there's a lesson to be learned from former U.S. Secretary of State George Shultz, who practiced what New York Times columnist David Leonard described as a Shultz hour. As Secretary of State for Ronald Reagan, Lenhardt writes Shultz, quote, like to carve out one hour each week for quiet reflection, end quote. Shultz tells Leonhardt that, quote, His hour of solitude was the only way he could find time to think about the strategic aspects of his job. Otherwise, he would be constantly pulled into moment-to-moment tactical issues, never able to focus on larger questions of the national interest, While most of us aren't America's highest-ranking diplomat, nearly all of us allow ourselves to be constantly pulled into moment-to-moment tactical issues, responding to whatever flashes on our screens and leaving our time, attention, and focus to the mercy of our surroundings. Another approach to making time for stillness is what my dad calls Tuesdays to write. He long recognized the difficulties he and his medical school colleagues faced while trying to balance commitments to teaching, supporting their families, practicing medicine, writing, and publishing. Inspired by the uninterrupted and often unconnected simplicity of working in a hotel room or on an airplane, he urges faculty members to, quote, protect a few extra hours each week, hours that can be used for writing, study, self-renewal, or the quiet pursuit of knowledge. End quote. He suggests scheduling quote, blocks of time for writing, then protect this time. It is now unavailable for walk in visits, phone calls, or rogue meetings. End quote. A third way to carve out deliberate thinking time in the middle of a busy day is to pursue what Cal Newport calls productive meditation. For productive meditation, Newport suggests in his book Deep Work quote, take a period in which you're occupied physically but not mentally and focus your attention on a single well-defined professional problem, end quote. By way of example, he suggests a walk in the middle of the day. Not a walk where you check your phone constantly or call a friend or listen to a podcast, but a walk where you intentionally think about a specific challenge and consciously bring your mind back to that problem when you get distracted. Productive meditation, of course, is really just another way of proactively creating mental space. Whatever approach we take, we can't wait for stillness to magically present itself because it won't. Whether it's a Schultz hour or a Tuesday to write or a productive meditation, we have to create these moments. We have to protect them. And we have to pause from time to time to appreciate finding them where we can. Stillness doesn't require a weekend or vacation or a special occasion. No matter your schedule, with proactive and intentional effort, there are plenty of ways to find a brief dose of it in the middle of every hectic day. Sometimes it's as simple as sitting down for a few minutes with a pen and a blank notepad or switching the phone to airplane mode and opening a new document in a notes app to brain dump the little things that have been bouncing around in your head. How do I find moments of stillness? I find them by including items like make time to think and take a walk on my to-do list so that I'm reminded every day that life is more than a series of burdensome obligations. I find it by trying to write and meditate first thing every morning. I find it by uninstalling apps and deleting social media accounts, so I'm better able to resist the compulsion to spend time online. I find it by recognizing that stillness and stimulus rarely coexist, so I disable technology traps that steal my attention, like smartphone notifications and email alerts. I find it by consuming more of the content I find fulfilling and less of the political news that stresses me out. I find it by taking concrete steps to reject my addiction to busyness, like refusing to check work email on the weekends. I find it by catching myself before I say yes to something based solely on FOMO, the fear of missing out. I find it when I realize I'm needlessly judging people around me, or needlessly judging myself, and make a conscious choice to practice forgiveness instead. I don't do all of these things all of the time. When I do manage to do them, I don't do them perfectly. But the goal isn't a life of perpetual stillness, which is surely impossible anyway. The goal is to find a little stillness each day, a little more today, than yesterday if we can and a little more tomorrow than today. Even the simple act of thinking about these tools and techniques can help us to reframe how we go about our days so that stillness sits higher on our list of priorities than it used to. You just listened to an excerpt from the book Reframe the Day, Embracing the Craft of Life One Day at a Time by Adam M. Lowenstein. Think it Adam, the book is out today actually, so you can grab a copy now. Adam spent eight years working in American government and politics, most recently as a speechwriter and strategic communications advisor in the United States Senate. Today, Adam lives in London with his partner, Aaron, and writes frequently about politics, work, and life. Visit his website, see his latest work, and subscribe to his newsletter, Reframe Your Inbox, at adaml.blog. But that'll do it for today. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.